0: The ambient sound is the sound of my lovely café, Café Beva, where I'm having a bowl of soup and reading the most popular newspaper in Ireland, which is called The Irish Independent. And this is what it says underneath the headline, Clare Byrne Tackles Abortion. Clare Byrne Live, RTE1, that's television, tonight Nine at 9.35pm. Quote. Well, only 11 days to go. Actually, no, I won't read it that way. I'll tell you as I go along. Yes, 11 days to go. 11 days, Claire says, until we finally put Ireland's vexed abortion issue behind us. Just think, in 12 days' time, we'll, we'll have finally sorted out this mess. And we're never going to have to discuss the issue ever again. Ever of course that's not true and it's a piece of uh, irony. This uh, piece, by the way, is not written by Claire Byrne. It's written by Ian O'Doherty, uh, whose uh, headline in the paper is called Channel Hopper. He goes on. Well, maybe not. In fact, there's a high probability that we're witnessing the first front of a cultural civil war which will get more fractious as time goes on. Now that the, those pesky foreign ads have been banned to protect our precious, delicate Irish minds from being influenced by outside agents, we get the opportunity tonight to be influenced by inside agents instead. I am going to either watch this television programme or record it. I'm not sure which. Clareburn Live referendum special on tonight is an extended edition of the show but while the runtime has been increased to 90 minutes it's usually half an hour long and they usually cover a few different topics really they could probably do an unstop show between now and May the 25th and still not change some opinions or will absolutely right. I have to admit that my own opinion is won't change it's been it's been grown um, during my life, uh, too many years, I think, to be changed during uh, the referendum campaign, uh, he goes on. Regardless of what way you intend to vote, most people can agree that the whole debate started off with a reasonable degree of civility. True, I guess. Um, however, over the last two weeks, I've been surprised with how little debate there has been. and But the whole abortion referendum debate seems to have been blown off the front page of the newspapers, at least, on the front page of the news, by a very uh, different issue to do with cervical cancer screening and uh, withholding by the medical profession of information from women about uh, the reliability or lack of reliability of the test results for being given already. Sorry, that's all in parenthesis. Anyway, Ian carries on, talking about the way in which the debate started off and the debate. He says that the debate has rapidly dissipated as we get closer to voting day. I don't think it's rapidly dissipated. I think dissipated means it kind of disappeared. Well, perhaps they're talking about the civility has rapidly dissipated. I'm sure that's what it means. I'm sure that's what I should have understood. Tonight's episode features leaders from both campaigns as well as contributions and questions from the studio audience. I wonder who'll be in the studio audience. The host tends, that's Host Gleburn, tends to excel when dealing with the thornier topics. And they don't come much thornier than this. So she will have her work cut out, trying to keep the opposing sides from going at each other with cudgels. Well, okay, that's hyperbolic and metaphoric. So good luck with that. Yeah, and that's really I have recorded the an episode entitled I think it's entitled Abortion in Ireland my original intention was to put up there and I expected it would be a new piece of audio every second day really but put up there elements of the abortion um, campaign the referendum campaign um, to put them up there Um, you know if there was a big row or a major new point made or something that I was interested in ...and that I thought you might be interested in. I would make a new episode, but I have been um, disappointed, I suppose... ...that if I look back and I haven't counted the days on the last two, three weeks... ...I doubt very much that I've put up... ...well, I know I haven't put anything up in the last two weeks. So, instead of adding this particular piece of audio to the original audio... I'm going to put it in two places. I'm going to put it in the original place because if somebody listens to it there, they'll realize that they need to go to a new episode on my on my podcast. And I'm going to put it up again on as a as a separate episode. Uh, in the hope, I suppose. Yeah, true. And um, you know, if I watch this thing tonight or watch it maybe later and it starts I will be able to summarise the positions of both sides even though I have got a strong uh, view on the topic I also have a, a second strong view which is that there's massive value in public discourse, debate about this topic um, Ireland has too few public debates if you like, too few significant differences within and it is, for my taste, too conservative a society still, although of course people would say it's an awful lot less conservative than when I left it in 1995. So there, that's, uh, please, uh, if you're interested in the topic, please uh, chip in. I I am very pleased that both um, Gypsy, 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 what's your second name? It'll come back to me, of course, as soon as I stop trying to remember. And Georgie D have um, made pieces of audio, sent them to me personal stories which they and I have been very pleased to have shared. So your views, your stories in any way connected with abortion, no matter what point of view you hold or what experience you've had, I I welcome. Thank you. Now I go back to my soup.
1: I am listening to you.
2: I so wish we had the ability to leave text messages because I, I'm at work, and I would like to actually chime in, and I have tons of questions, but I don't necessarily have the time to do that um, through audio. But I just wanted to let you know, please, please, please record the um, show tonight. I would love to hear the audience's questions. That would be of great interest to me.
3: That once you remove the Eighth Amendment, the unborn has no constitutional protection and
4: no legal protection. Now the reality is the Eighth Amendment protects two people's lives. The right of the life of the mother and the child. And only in extreme circumstances where that child's life is at risk, that the mother's life is at risk. Can you, you actually intervene to protect the life of the mother? Now, it's absolutely clear, and can I just make one observation with regard to the yes side? I'm a lawyer practicing for 28 years. I, I'm part of no campaign, but I stand up for the right to life. And one of the mark of any progressive society, and the real measure of whether we care and how we treat each other, is how we treat the defenceless and voiceless among You the legal <laughs> profession well, and
5: the legal profession. And in general, we have, we all have what's called known as the right to life. But once a woman in this country becomes pregnant, her right to life is diminished because her right to life is <laughs> affected by the equal right to life of the unborn. And Miss
6: Steen was saying at the beginning of the things that we agree on, one of the things we do not
5: agree on is that women should have to travel to the UK or other European countries I don't to access fits. abortion. Now, we had to, in this country, women were prohibited from doing it. We had to even have a constitutional amendment to give them the right to travel. And if that isn't diminishing of woman's constitutional rights, I don't know what it okay. is.
6: Okay. Okay.
7: What exists in the Constitution is a balance. That
8: is correct. But in practice, it's resolved in favour of the mother. That's why we have one of the lowest maternal mortality rates in the world. <laughs>
9: in there on maternal mortality rates the point made by the lawyer there. Go ahead you wanted to make a
10: point. I think it's very important to realise that our maternal mortality which has always been historically low. I worked in the UK for three and a half years myself and my experience of the abortion culture there was what brought me back to practice wholesome obstetrics in this country. The, the fact of the matter is that our maternal mortality is lower than it is in the UK and that's been shown by a recent uh, audit done over three years which was welcomed by my colleague Dr Boylan. And to say that this is the lowest possible bar, it is the most basic bar, and the the best
6: indicator of the quality of care that you have. One of the problems that they've had in the UK since the
10: 1967 Act came in was a shortage of obstetricians. And when I worked in the UK, where we were dealing with medical students from Manchester University, not one student in the time that I was there expressed an interest in obstetrics And when I asked them it was because of the practice of abortion. So there are more than just uh, there are more uh, health implications with this uh, uh, amendment, with the introduction of abortion in this country, than just uh, the, the needs of mothers and uh, and their babies. Clare but I, finally, finally, I yep. would be very, very concerned as an obstetrician if the unborn child has zero, no rights in our constitution. Okay. <laughs>
9: start with Catherine Noon. Senator Catherine Noon, you were chair of the Old Party Committee on the Eighth Amendment. Do you think, and what we're hearing from no voters tonight from our panel, is that the 12 weeks is just a step too far from where we are now? Do you accept that that's a concern for people? Well, I think it's a concern for all of this is a concern for people. It's a very
11: difficult issue for for everybody to address but we have to remember that what's being suggested here is a doctor led, regulated, legal framework to deal with this issue as opposed to a situation where women get on planes in the morning and come home in the evening traumatised and take pills in their bedrooms in order to (coughs) deal with an issue that really women should be afforded the civility of having that access to care in their own country. I understand that uh, the 12 week issue has been much discussed. The reason that we came to that that recommendation was because the issue of rape and incest is so difficult to legislate for. And any of the lawyers, no matter what side of the argument they're on, will agree that it is a very difficult thing to legislate in cases of incest and rape and the fact that we came to that decision after much deliberation at the outset I don't think uh, many of us thought that we actually would but having heard the evidence, having sat through hours of testimony, it it was a a major consensus issue that we felt that it was the best possible situation and what's more 21 out of 28 European countries have this situation and it's it's well proven and I'd like to speak just for a second because nobody does about the ancillary recommendations of the the committee. We recommended a very vigorous sex education programme, a contraception programme, a lot of those things have been opposed by the same people who are opposing this debate over the years. (laughs)
9: Accuse them of that and then not let them respond. No. So Mary Butler, you want to respond? I wasn't, I wasn't
11: necessarily personalising, I'm just saying a lot. Um, okay. Okay. Well, Mary Butler does not agree with you, so can you go, go
12: ahead and That's certainly not true. I attended a launch um, two weeks ago in relation to supports for women. What women who find themselves in a non planned pregnancy and a pregnancy <coughs> need, they need support. We have over 30 women in Ireland at the moment who are currently homeless. We need to put more focus back on adoption all over again. We need more perinatal hospices where we can support parents with babies with life-limiting conditions so they don't feel trapped. Wrap-around supports are what is needed and they're not
9: there. You're you're not
12: disagreeing. Absolutely Not, I mean, it's all about the decision that a
11: woman comes to with her doctor and whatever works for... It is, but we also
13: must, must remember, we also Sorry.
12: must remember there is a baby involved also. Of course, yeah. it's a mother and a baby. <laughs> I don't
9: feel... Uh, a no voter, we know that. Um, what about the cases outlined by Catherine Noon there? The ones that she says you cannot legislate for, people who are victims of rape or incest, or indeed those who have, have, are told they are carrying children, uh, babies, fetuses with potential life limiting conditions.
14: Look, it's not all about cases. And when Steve said they would have cases, just go back to you, one, compliment you, Claire. I'm getting a doctor tonight, a pro life doctor. Uh, Catherine and our committee said they couldn't get a pro life doctor in the
6: world.
14: Please, please that Sabita had been left in her grave. a Dr. Monahan telling lies, or uh, Dr. Byron telling continuous <laughs> <her>. lies <laughs> about her. Okay. Are, no, no, a, a female doctor phoned me on the web tonight. 35 years of experience. We are, and we know from the documentary, we know from the three different the autopsies, the reports, and uh, Mr. Byron has said that he would through them forensically. Told me the committee, and when I challenged him, could he tell me one other woman that died uh, because of the eight amendment? He couldn't. But that female doctor told me tonight, the real story. It was neglect. It was a nurse that didn't have the experience to deal She was left from four in the morning to nine before a doctor okay. was called okay. to her. Pure neglect. And I would ask her, please, her husband asked that to not be used in this no. debate. Ask her to stop Okay, What I am
9: going to do now is ask everybody, both in our audience and on our panel, to refrain from calling people liars. We're here to have a respectful debate. We're not going down that road. No, we're not going down that road. A honor, though. Claire, I need to come back. Claire, yes. I think
15: it's really important. For people to, who are watching us at home to realise that this debate really isn't about <coughs> Irish abortion. This debate is about keeping Irish abortion in England.
6: Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. the
15: reality. Yeah, yeah. In 1992 there was two referendums about um, access to abortion information and access to travel rights to the UK for abortions. Now if we trust Irish women to make a choice to go to England for a termination of pregnancy why can't we trust them to stay in Ireland? <coughs>
9: We respond to that because because if people do as you want them to do and vote no, we will still have this problem of people travelling
15: and taking those pills. But far fewer than, as we see with Britain, four times as many abortions per head of population. Let's just say one thing. People saw the Irish Independent today. They would have seen a letter by Dr Mary Holohan, who is a consultant obstetrician in the Rotunda, former Dean of Professional Competence in the Royal College of Physicians, and not involved with either side of the debate. She says... The medical needs of the mother do not require removal of the Eighth Amendment. And she goes on to regret that there appears to be a campaign strategy to to present a different idea to the public. Now, when you think, that's a very serious thing for somebody eminent to say. And the significance of that is this. When they brought abortion in in Britain, they thought it was for rare cases. Now, it is one abortion every three minutes, four times Ireland's rates... As we've said, the government (coughs) and the politicians are looking for a blank cheque here by the complete removal of the Eighth Amendment. How do they propose to cash that cheque? By abortion without a reason for the first 12 weeks, and then for the next 12 weeks of pregnancy, up to 24 weeks of viability, including mental health grounds. And mental health grounds are precisely what cause abortion on demand in any jurisdiction in the world that you care to mention. So I would appeal... I, I we should add, at least be able to agree on facts yeah, I, well, I would ask with the greatest of respect to the 12 year old girl who left this country last year as a victim of rape and was forced to go to England for a termination could Ronald Mullen honestly look that child in the eye and say that you should have no choice you should be forced to go through with this pregnancy because that is what he is advocating well, no decent yeah, yeah. Yeah. no decent person it feels comfortable about those cases and lots of good people feel very conflicted because there's an unborn child there's an unborn child and there is an innocent young woman but here's the point no the government had the opportunity no sorry the government had the opportunity if they wish to say we can amend the Constitution to allow for hard cases I say you can't trust politicians.
9: But you on right. Get, all right, let's try and get an answer to that, Mary Lou Can you can you explain fair, to us to why, why we came to that to position, the one that we have presented to us now in the legislation, if there is a yes vote? Why couldn't we, as Ronald Mullen said, legislate for those? Because so because, because we
13: have over 30 years of experiences that demonstrates that asserting, putting an assertion into the constitution, is simply too blunt an instrument that's what experience tells us. and let me tell you let me let me just say this so that we get a bit of clarity because this is like a clap of you now who we can we're, we're, we're trying we're trying to actually assist people in, in a way with integrity whatever our position to arrive uh, at their voting intention so here's the bottom line firstly uh, the legislation is the place to democratically agree a framework on this matter. It won't happen in secrecy. It happens in full public view, at committee, on the floor of the doll, by people who are elected, and people who can be dumped, quite frankly, by the electorate if they so wish. And by people, Claire, who for a very long time, for 20 years, dodged this issue, despite the instruction of the court to legislate on the basis of X, a traumatized, raped child. We dodged our responsibilities and we need, need now to carry those responsibilities. And yes, it's complex. And yes, it is a motive. But let me tell you this, and I haven't heard yet... Sh- I haven't heard yet... You can't speak without a microphone. I haven't heard yet from those advocating a no position. They say that the, the, the hard cases are in the minority, that they, the, you know, they shouldn't set the tempo of this debate. I absolutely disagree. I say to you, as a legislator as somebody in public life, that I fail in my duty as a legislator if I do not have an answer for all of those hard cases, for that 12-year-old child, for anybody, okay, he- however rare, who finds themselves in those circumstances. Okay. so It can't be in the Constitution. And we need to woman up, and we need to man up, and quite frankly, we need to do our job. That's what we're paid to do. Okay, Peter Boyle, and I'll give you
9: Go ahead and
2: I just addressed the Savita issue. As people know, I was the expert witness called by the coroner to give an opinion. I had an opportunity to view her notes forensically. During the uh, coroner's inquest, her treating consultant was asked, did you think that the law, or did you feel that the law interfered with your ability to treat Savita Halepinavar appropriately? And she answered, yes. Professor Aral Kumran who had the same opportunity to review her notes and also to discuss her case with all of the people involved at the Oireachtas hearings. He said if Savita had had her termination when she requested it, she would still be alive today, we would never have heard of her, she would be in Galway with a young family. Those are the facts. Can now why is it that the leading consultants in Ireland who are dealing on a daily basis with the difficulties of complex pregnancies are advocating to have the Eighth Amendment removed from the Constitution. Three of my colleagues are here today, this evening, two of whom are dealing with very complex maternal problems. They see these, they're referred up to the Dublin Hospitals out Cork, and Dr. Mae Logan, who deals with the uh, victims of rape, is also here. Why are all of these people, the masters of the Dublin Maternity Hospitals, the professors in Cork, why are all these people advocating? Because they're seeing the adverse effects of the Eighth Amendment and uh, these are people who are in okay. active practice They're, not retired, if, active practice if, who are advocating. they see the effect on the women Okay, so hired. can
9: I ask John Monaghan that question why are those doctors mentioned uh, by Peter Boylan there, why are they in favour of repeal? Uh, of course there are a certain number of doctors in favour of repeal and there are a certain
10: number of doctors who are in favour of retain you, you're only hearing from the repealers, okay I'm a member I'm a member of the Institute of Obstetrics and Gynaecology, the same as yourself, Peter. You're the chairman. You have never taken account of my and many other people's views in terms of uh, the question of the repeal of the Eighth Amendment. That's and correct, John. Like, okay. No, that's uh, not, let, you're me, let me if you let me finish. No, I listen to the. Much are you not, you're not, you're not prepared to let me finish.
9: Go ahead, John. Yeah. I'll let you finish. Okay. Go ahead.
10: Um, I, I would like to briefly explain how I feel so disenfranchised. In, on the eighth of January last, the institute had a meeting of the executive, which consisted of, of about half of the executive, 17 people, I believe, 19? who took a decision. Sorry, 19, who took a decision that they wanted to repeal the eighth. It was never discussed by the institute of Obstitution membership. It was presented in an email that evening okay. to the membership and the reason for presenting this email was because there was a cabinet meeting on the Wednesday right. and I would like to know what's the connection between the Institute of Obstetricians and the cabinet.
16: I just wanted to briefly answer <coughs> what, what both Peter and Mary Lou said. Um, first of all, as regards uh, being able to intervene in a pregnancy, like that which happened to Savita Halapanavar, Ms. Justice Isabel Kennedy, this morning on Morning Ireland, clarified that under the Eighth Amendment, doctors are free to intervene to terminate a pregnancy, as is done every week in this country for the last 35 years, where, there are women's, where there's a, a, a real and substantial risk to a woman's life. And sometimes, even, even as in my own case, where there wasn't, and it does not need to be immediate, it does not need to be imminent, as some doctors have incorrectly stated, that is not the law. Um, My pregnancy was ended early because there was a worry about my health and it could have developed. Um, and that did not stop the doctor intervening, in my own case. That's my own personal testimony. That wasn't a termination Just, of pregnancy. Well, exactly, Peter. Yes. So misleading. Exactly. That so that's. very misleading. So that's, you see, you called, that was an I've early you, delivery. You see, you call termination early deliveries. I've heard you saying this before. and trying is reached, trying to confuse. the baby will be treated no, by the neonatal Peter, doctors. No, Peter, do you know what? That is the Peter. law. Peter, show me where in this scheme of the bill it says early no, delivery. okay there's first. Okay. <laughs> there is, have you <laughs> that? I'm, going to I'm
9: not going to take it, a lecture just, on okay. medical practice from It's not a lecture, it's the law, Peter. It's the law, Peter. No, Peter, it's the law. It's, our, it's the law. There is there nothing about really early delivery. delivery. can't hear either if you're, you're taking the, the door, but I want to deal with that issue because people are concerned about whether late term abortions terminations will be covered. Can you explain to us, Peter Boyle, your view, and then Maria will come back to you, okay?
2: Uh, Under the proposed legislation, when a pregnancy reaches viability, that is the ability of the baby to survive outside the womb, which currently is around about 23 or 24 weeks. At 23 weeks, about uh, 70% of babies born will die from the complications of prematurity. Of the 30% of survivors, a significant number will have very significant uh, disability. At 24 weeks, the survival rates are around about 50-50, and after that they increase uh, significantly. In the proposed legislation, any pregnancy that reaches viability, the baby will be delivered. And that's what we do at the moment. And that will be a premature... Okay, so, so, so people that in the
9: audience are saying that the proposed legislation, legislation does not say that.
2: That is, the, what, is, in, that is what the what proposed is legislation in? is in I the government. Sorry, Claire, that's Claire, what the
16: Claire, if I can come in there, please. Okay. As I said, I'm really on the panel. Um, point to me, which head of the bill says that?
2: It's not in the head of the bill, but it's
9: is is it Okay. Let's do just, deal with just to clarify the legislative piece. All right. Mary you're, you're a, a lawyer thing. and I'm I'm an legislator. a okay. legislator.
13: Yes. You see, first of all that's the scheme of the legislation. Yes. It's the bones of it. It has to yes. be then uh, we have to scrutinise it and it has to go through. Simon Harris. published heart. it to, to show he, us he what it He and, and thank you, yes, and yeah. uh, he, he did that to illuminate the debate, not to be used as an instrument to cause panic. But however, what what it does do is it sets a, a benchmark for, for 12 weeks, uh, and I think Catherine Noon set out the, the rationale as to how the committee arrived at that. It then, on, uh, on the basis of very specific circumstances, threat to life, health, fatal fecal abnormality, it prescribes them to 24 weeks. And thereafter, thereafter, uh, at the point of viability, and the government have been very clear in saying, and the Oireachtas will be very clear in legislating that it will be a case at viability of an early delivery. And as Peter Boylan has said, who knows more about medicine than I will ever know, that in any event is the practice. And furthermore, as I said earlier, the scheme of the legislation, Marie, it's in there still retains, as a criminal offence, outside of what is legally permissible, the willful and intentional killing of the unborn. So this is not some kind of recipe for a free-for-all, and it's very misleading. And uh, not helpful to the debate to try and describe it in those ways. The Eroctus Care is still very, very
16: conservative in its politics and its right. views okay. on this. Yes. Yes. A really quick response, I want very I want simply. To move on. Okay. Okay. termination of pregnancy, there's one definition for it, and it means a medical procedure intended to end the life of the fetus. There are four grounds that Simon Harris has put forward. One is the 12-week proposal. One is UK-style abortion for physical or mental health. Up to, up to viability. Serious. Up to viability. Peter, serious. you're the one who said, serious, you don't mind that being included because it's what the woman decides. the your
6: words.
16: And there are two more rounds two more grounds and people at home really need to know this. There there is a ground which allows for a baby's life to be ended where there is a likelihood that the baby will die. Now in law that means on the balance of probabilities which is a greater than 50% chance. That is nowhere approaching certainty and under that ground it is permissible to abort that baby right up to birth. And there are many children, for instance, like children with Down syndrome, who may have congenital heart conditions, who if they don't get their surgery, could well be likely to die with an over 50% chance. Sorry, Claire, and the then finally, the it. last ground, the last ground is in relation to uh, an emergency ground. And under that, and I don't think many people have noticed this particular ground, but it allows a doctor, if he's he or, or she is of the opinion, that there is an immediate uh, risk of serious harm to the mental health of a woman, he or she can abort that baby right there and then all through nine months of pregnancy. Sorry. Sorry.
6: The mis- respond, the there are no, the purpose. Purpose. There are
16: no, the no gestational limits. For the purpose of no no no
6: clarity
13: and on the law. not alone is the law permissible in respect of Down syndrome. Or any other non fetal uh, disability. In fact, the committee in the Oroctus explicitly voted against that. And they not they explicitly, explicitly, explicitly said. That that would not right. be context, a grant.
2: Can you be really happy that I have yes. to go to a break? Yeah, yeah. The all context right. of uh, getting a woman's input into her care is what I meant when I said that a woman should have her own feelings taken into account. We've seen the problems with the whole check thing. That all arose because women were not included in plans that for their like care, and that's what I mean. Women need, are adults, and they need to be included in making plans for their care. It's unique in the whole practice of obstetrics that a woman should not be included you said in the care. Does it matter? All
9: right. I'm yeah. gonna take a break I'm gonna take a break, Mary, we'll come back to you after this. Stay with us, more after this quick break.
3: opinion on that in my opinion.
17: What you're, you're saying you're, you're getting stick because you're telling people that voting no?
3: Yes, yeah, basically. Like I'm 22 now and I know a lot of girls my age are all voting yes and a lot of them it's just kind of a topic of conversation nowadays and if anyone says oh what are you voting and if you say yes, that's fine yes. But if, when I say oh what is, if someone asks me a question, what do you vote no? Oh, I just, I don't feel I want to vote no. And oh, no, God, that's terrible. What do you mean you're voting no? But you can't do
17: that. that, That's a bit of your line. It's so terrible,
3: Chloe. It's not your fault. But Chloe, they say to you, why are you voting no? Uh, They do. And I personally have my own reasons for voting no. Like, I was listening to the show on Friday and I heard a story about a girl that was in education and she um, had an abortion because she felt it was the right thing to do and that's fine. Mm, But I kind of just... Yeah, all that. And when I heard that, I... It hit me because I was in the exact same position as Ola. I was 19. I was in my first year of college, having hired OIT, doing vegan studies, which so was not easy. And I found out I was pregnant, but I actually had a uh, complete pregnancy. I didn't tell anyone I was pregnant. I went mm-hmm. through it all on my own, which was extremely hard, which mm-hmm. I look back now and maybe I would have changed or whatever, but I went through all that on my own. And when I had my son, um, Michael, he's nearly three now, he's three in August, um, I can't imagine changing that or I can't imagine having a divorce or anything like that, that's my own personal reason but when she said like oh her parents had education and stuff like that, like I'm trying to say and put my point out there that I was in the exact same position as her, the exact same background, my, both my parents worked, it, it's not easy, I'm not going to lie, I have to fight for getting money, things like that, like it's not easy at all but I still went through with it and I feel like if the option was there to have an abortion for someone girl like, like me in this country, it would be a lot easier for me to be like okay, I'm just going down and get rid of a child, I don't want my like, I just don't believe in that. And I just wanted to say that like, yeah. you can't yeah. have a child at a young age, you can't have a child at 19 and still make a life for yourself. I started in college, the college is nothing but actually good for me. like They asked me if I wanted to take a year out, they were so good, they gave me all the support I needed. My parents were extremely good to give me all the support I needed. Now I know not everyone is like that, but if you ask for the help, you will get it. Like, we'll, you will. this last. And it was really, really hard for me, but I did that.
17: And you say you, 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 you concealed the pregnancy until when and from who?
3: <laughs> I concealed the pregnancy from everyone until I went into labour, basically. So mm. I kept it all to myself. I went through it all on my own.
17: And nobody, and, your parents, and friends, you know, relations, nobody spotted it.
3: No, no, what? I don't know what you thought, I know, it's, it's a crazy story, and a lot of people would be like, oh, well, you were afraid to say it, whatever. Apparently, that may have been one of the reasons, it's just the way I've done it. I don't know, that's just me. So <laughs> oh, you went,
17: you went you, and this would be only three years ago, Chloe, so you went into labour. I presume you've been, you've been attending uh, antenatal classes and all that carry on. Had you would register where Oscar No, I went through it all and
3: I, I, mean, I did it just completely... Uh, I was in his first way, it sounded crazy, but that's how I did it Anyway, I just went up to my local AE and uh, contained the pains in my grand to be told that I was dilated and needed to be rushed over to Mulligar because I was talking your birth, so that's how it happened to me. And then who phoned your relations? My father came with me and then my mother came over to Mullingar, and it was just a bit a big crazy surprise, I suppose, if you'd like to put it that way, but they've been not both court. Okay. Okay. I have my son Michael so. And did you regret
17: not telling them earlier?
3: Mmm, part of me does, but part of me, it kind of made me stronger that I knew I'd be able to go through it on my own. It was just the mental state that I was in. I just yeah. got this into my okay. head. It was not... I was it on my so own. So, Chloe, if,
17: if there's a yes vote on Friday week, how does that change your situation?
3: Um... It doesn't personally change my situation, I don't think, but I feel like, looking at it personally, I know a lot of girls that are still on the fence, they don't really know much about yeah. it and stuff like that. And I just feel like if stuff like education and school would improve, maybe, and, like, I don't have a sense of, like, contraceptives for women, like, for example, Bar in the Arm, COVID. all them, they're so expensive. So I can understand like young girls, like me when I was 19, couldn't afford that, because they're ridiculous, the crazy parts to like. But I just feel morally, in my opinion, I just don't believe in having mm-hmm. a social of abortion. That's why I'm so strongly against it. And I just feel the yes, are kind of pushing all the really hard fed oh, stories okay. which I have. theories, compassion for do not get me wrong, but it's just, I don't think they're giving everyone the chance to kind of say, that's where I'm coming from. I just want to know mm-hmm. my, Sorry about no, kind of, I I hope that, that's uh, But uh, in fairness to Paula, who
17: wasn't here, and you were talking about her from Friday, what I remember from Friday was Paula had to go to the UK to get yeah. the, to, to a clinic, to get the, the she took the tablets. And she was, she, she, she was seriously unwell when she came back to Ireland. And the point yeah. she was making was, well, why couldn't I have, been, have that done here in Ireland and supervised medically in Ireland? That was the difference.
3: I suppose, yeah, that, that is a valid point. I do understand, like, I, I do, I, I, it's not a person that has on all yeah, of like me, I know, I know, but I just feel, if that option was there, like, the, like, how would the country want to deal with the aftermath of people having abortions with, like, the psychiatric like, health and everything, like, I myself have suffered from mental health, I have reached out for counsellors and everything through all the options, and I have my son and I would be told six to eight months until you get to see someone So, And that was going private, that was me mm. willing to pay for the help. And I just feel like a lot of people would just make their kind of decision on the day, like I just go in and, well I know some people will think about it, some of their only to just go in and a lot of people would things differently, like how I dealt with my pregnancy, different to yeah. all the deaths with hers. But I just feel, I, I can't see the house being there, like the house is not there at the moment. I just can't. If it comes in, I can't see them. Like I can't see them permanently. That's where I'm coming
17: from, from my personal experience. I'm not telling kind of people they shouldn't vote yet, I'm not telling the people they should vote no. I'm just trying to put my story yeah, out there. Yeah, okay, that's, right. that's right. fair. S- s- stay, stay with us, Chloe. 5 double five one. You're twenty two. Courtney Jordan
3: is in Carlow, and Courtney, you're eighteen. What's your What's your situation, Courtney? Um. At this time last year, I was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma. moment. And you go through the rigmarole, you're getting your diagnosis, you're told your treatment plan, you're told how to go about all that. But I was sat down and I was asked, if I had a boyfriend, if we were sexually active, and if I used contraception. Mm-hmm. And there were uncomfortable questions to answer, but I answered them. And I was sat down and I was asked, if I could abstain at all, would I abstain for the course of my treatment? Because they didn't know if they'd be able to help me if I fell pregnant.
17: Okay, so you keep, keep talking. You're saying. What, 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 what you said to him, well, what do you mean? Yeah.
3: Okay, well, um, th- I have to kind of go home and I refresh myself, and okay. that was when I really got involved with uh, what the AMM meant and what it meant mm-hmm. for me specifically, because I'd never come in contact with it before. Yeah. And so, like so many other women, you don't understand the implications it has until you are one of those indications.
17: So, in other words, if you. If you have been undergoing chemo and you, you got pregnant, um you fell pregnant you, were, got... you would have to go to England to have an abortion. Yeah. That's the point you were yeah. making, was it? Okay. And they but but then they when, when if you can elaborate, when they said they were begging you not to get pregnant, did they say you would die? No. The baby the, would die? I they didn't tell me what
3: would have happened, but haven't done the research I did I know that in some cases chemotherapy is distributed to pregnant women Mm -hmm. and in some cases it's not. I am one of the lucky cases my cancer either stage one or stage four is still very, very treatable. But I stage two at the time, so had it gotten to stage four in the lifetime it would have taken me to travel to England and terminate a pregnancy. We don't know how long or how aggressive the cancer would have become in that time, but still I would have gotten to stage four say and the treatment would have been much more aggressive. So while I'm not one of the women that would have lost my life because of the age, I would have lost a lot more time than mm. I should have.
17: Before you would have got into... It's an awful way of putting it. Before you get into a position where your life was threatened, and
3: yeah. Then you could... There a lot of women, okay. A so, lot of doctors are coming out and saying that it does threaten the lives of women, but it doesn't only threaten... Say a woman's mortality—it threatens how they live their lives. Like you're being, you're a cancer patient and you're going through chemotherapy. You're losing your hair. You're gaining weight. You can't go to school. You can't go to work. You should avoid big crowds. Mm-hmm. And being asked as saying is just one more choice being taken away from you.
17: So you're voting yes. Yeah. I from, from your direct yeah. experience. Yeah. And the difference it would make if, if under the proposed government legislation. Um, the difference it would make is that you you could nobody wants to uh, take the risk, um, but if you if God forbid in your circumstances now, the people are listening now in the, the fall that that Courtney Jordan is telling us she's stage two non Hodgkin's lymphoma. But if in your circumstances you have you got pregnant and there is a yes vote on Friday week, you could have been the, the issue could have been dealt with here instead of England. Yeah.
18: I would have been able to avail the, the health care that I deserve in my own country rather than the next country
17: Okay, what do you think of that argument, Chloe? Well,
3: like, I feel so sorry for her, like, and I don't mean, like, it's not, uh, it isn't very personal, like, but when you think of the Eight Amendment, but when I think of the Eight Amendment, it's not just the woman's choice, it's also the child. Like, I think of, when I think of myself being pregnant, like, I have to speak for myself and my son. It was my own doing that I... I fell pregnant when I was young. I felt pregnant that was of my own doing, it wasn't his fault. Mm-hmm. I felt like I had to speak for my son's um, choice because he hadn't a voice to speak for. Like, I I could have simply went and just terminated the pregnancy because that's my choice. I could have done that. But he doesn't have a voice, and if you remove the it, age men, you're taking any rights away from an unborn child at all. That's where I feel the yes are kind of saying, oh, women's choice, but like, they're kind of really forgetting about, there's a child involved as well, and I do feel like sorry for her with that, like, there's nothing worse than being it is like, I completely understand, but I just feel like, it's not, there people aren't really thinking of the child when, like, if you look at all the yes, like, there's nothing to do with abortion being said about it at all, like, the kind of well, I think in, in, in fairness, I think,
17: well, I think in all the debates, I think people do know the, the, the word abortion does, does, does feature, does feature, does feature prominently. But if, if, if Chloe, if Courtney had got pregnant in the circumstances she, she was in and did go to England, she would be doing something that's illegal in this country and could fade. It's, it's on the statute books, it's never been enacted. She could be sent to prison or anyone who helped her go to England.
3: Can I just say I wouldn't have been allowed to travel to England because I wasn't allowed to slide at the time of to Marina? So I would have towards abortion those that characters for 14 years
17: in Britain. Um Therese where's Therese Deegan? people uh, can come in if they wish. Five one double five one Therese Deegan, good afternoon, and Carmel is also there. Therese. your your situation, Therese, you contacted us about.
3: Yes, I just wanted Therese um tell you something that happened to me in my pregnancy last year, I was 42, Mm
6: -hmm. and
3: I went in for my 12 and a half week scan and my treating obstetrician, she showed me the baby on the monitor, pointed out the heartbeat and then proceeded to recommend that I take the Harmony Test. I said no thanks, I've made a decision to be pregnant at my age and um, the Harmony Test won't change my my course of action, so no thank you. She continued maybe four or five times to recommend that test to me. I was growing more and more upset inside. Um, and even so, I asked her after a while, I said, I've told you that I don't want a test, I've told you that I wouldn't want a termination. I said, Can I ask you the rationale behind your continued recommendations? And she said, She gave me one reason and one reason only in case I wanted to travel. I was shocked, absolutely shocked. There was no mention of to be prepared, no mention to seek support, no mention that if the child has a disability that perhaps there was interventions that could be done to keep that child alive. It was just on the basis of my age, you should screen, I should screen, and again, I might like to travel. A barbaric way to introduce a woman to the possibility that her child could have a disability.
17: And did you feel you were being treated
3: barbarically? I did, I did, it was the day it, it, you know what? It wasn't me that was being treated barbarically. It was the baby that was being treated barbarically. This was at 12.5 weeks. This is after the the 12 weeks cut-off. Mm-hmm. So there's already a will in our national maternity hospital to direct okay, uh, for, uh, for th- women. Th- there is a hospital. I don't. I don't want
17: the hospital referred. There is a hospital called the National Maternity Hospital. You're identifying people here, so you're, we no, want to identify.
6: It, it was, but
17: but uh, the thing uh, is, the, the 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 medic was was saying these are your options. But no one was forcing you.
3: No, the, the medic wasn't saying these are your options. The medic gave me one option, and that was she said that you might want to travel. Mm. Like,
6: it, it, I'm I'm aware that there's a piece of research done that that um, and. That, that the
3: different maternity hospitals, in theory, subscribe to. It's called, I think, Informing Families. And it's basically people, parents of children with disabilities have been consulted around what kind of way they were told that their babies have a disability. For example, a a baby born with Down syndrome. Many people have experienced that they only get the negative, that this is your your baby, oh, he has done, he might never do this, he might never do that. None of the positives, there's no balance in what's being said and they all subscribe to this and I think that, that the piece of research even won a government award but allowing for obstetricians to say to somebody and to give them no other no other input except that you maybe could, could have a disability perhaps you would like to travel I highly recommend that you take the Harmony Test it's just it's hypocrisy But you know, again, on, on again. the one hand on the one hand we're saying that that people with disabilities should be you know, that they're positive adult positive and
17: those positives should be celebrated and supported. But only once they're born. Yeah, but no but nobody uh, well I, you, you were you were you, told, uh, you said that you I take a point you said you were strongly recommended this option yes. of getting the test. And getting the test that doesn't mean you wouldn't necessarily done anything about it. But uh, but but sure. it was but it was
3: but it was twelve and a half weeks. 12
17: and a half weeks. So weeks so, so, so it wouldn't apply if if there's a yes
3: vote on Friday week. Well, that's the current situation. So it's twelve weeks without any reason. Say if I had got that news from that obstetrician that day, that you know, it given it to me so negatively, and I went into this pregnancy knowing that at my age I had a high chance of having a child with Down syndrome, for example. But and that was me full of resolve to have my baby. I wanted a child. I had had trouble getting pregnant. I really wanted a child. Mm -hmm. And her words, to me, shook me to my core. I went home really upset in the car. I was was crying going home. I immediately went home, texted friends, spoke to friends. And I began to feel like I was naive for pursuing this pregnancy. And I felt that, given the way this was presented to me, that perhaps I didn't have a right to have a child with a disability.
17: So. What? Well, i on oh, I,
3: I was that said to you
17: are, or, or what is what was being said to you is as you get older, the the possibility of having a child that is different increases. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Isn't
17: that true? That's yes, science, that's science, that's, yeah. science, that's so scientifically so far, true. So
3: yeah. 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 But but Joe, my point is, and I think it's a very important point. <laughs> This is a very important point regardless of whether the, the Eighth Amendment is repealed or not. This practice is happening in our hospitals. That's an obstetrician-led um, advising people to, to, get the, to get screened. And it's not just, it's, it's not presented as a suite of options. You know, you're not given those options of the support. It's having a child with a benefit the worst in the world. The way it was introduced to me is that you might want to travel. I don't know how anyone... On the yes or no side, could stand over that. I don't enjoy speaking on the radio. I don't enjoy alienating my friends who are free, yes. But I cannot, I, I could not live with myself if this referendum came around on the 25th of May and I hadn't spoken up with it, I haven't heard anyone else highlighting this. I think it's very important. And it's an issue that won't go away because she is set up to me at 12.5 weeks pregnant. So even down the road, if, if abortion is introduced here up until 12 weeks, there's still going
17: to be an appetite for abortion among some of our obstetricians in our hospitals. The, uh, no, no, hang on, no, hang on, no, hang on. Are you saying, because you, you've made an enormous leap there, you're saying there's an appetite for abortion mm-hmm. in some of our... that what, that, 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 that obstetricians just want women to have abortions for the sake of?
3: No, I don't think... But
15: they get, they get money from it or something?
3: I went home questioning, I, I asked myself over and over, why is that? Who who's defending it? Is it that you know, I, I'm kind surprised that she didn't say something like, Well, you know, we might need to have a multidisciplinary team there at the birth. If we know that it's a baby coming who has extra meat, maybe we should have the pediatricians there at the birth. There was none of that. And it did make me wonder. Well,
17: at that stage, you hadn't. You you said you weren't going to do the test, so I didn't apply. Did. She she persisted in recommending it to me, and
3: she went so far. As well, I how do you understand. know? In,
17: f- in fairness, because I, uh, you know, you, you've identified a hospital. In, in in fairness, like, how do you know that if you had if you had proceeded with the test,
6: mm-hmm.
17: and the test had said the possibility is yeah. 99 yeah. by 9 percent, that then they would that they would have said to you, now listen, that means. Uh, to raise that uh, you you can you made the choice you can the phrase we heard in this program three years ago here's your file you might want to travel um you might you might want to travel or else we will prepare uh for the possibility with there's a, there, can, there can be cardiac issues as you know um so so we prepare how do you know that road wasn't going to be pursued well I
3: didn't get that far because I turned yeah. down the test but. This was the way it was presented. That, that was the very first introduction to the possibility
17: okay, that I okay, made. To be okay. a Say that for a second, please. Uh, Carmel is in Short Channel, but Carmel, you're fine, please. Hello there, how
18: are yeah. you doing? Good
6: well, thanks,
18: go ahead. Um, I, I feel it's very, very important for people to vote yes, because people don't realise When a woman goes through, when she has an abortion, I experienced that when I was very young and I'm in now my sixties and it doesn't apply to me anymore, I don't have to worry about it, mm-hmm. but I am worried about other women who might be gone through <laughs> the same thing. It's, it's a very, very distressing experience. And having to leave your country and go abroad to somewhere you don't know at all. Like I had to go up to Liverpool. Mm-hmm and I could hardly understand the accents of people over there. And um, I was very, very distressed and I went through an awful lot of pain. I went through it all by myself and I had to borrow the money to get there and to get home again. And
6: it's it's just,
18: it took me years to get over that. It's not easy for women to go through it. It's not a very easy... um, Decisions to make, but sometimes when you're at the point in your life when you have to make such a decision, and the reason why I had to do it was because I had already a little boy. He was only three months old, mm-hmm. and I had here on my pregnancy. I was four months in hospital before he was born, and. Uh, I almost died after he was born, and he almost died because he went into fecal distress. So um, they warned me, uh, on no accounts, don't have another baby for five years. But unfortunately I couldn't have any contraception, because in those days, this was the early 70s I'm talking about, there was no contraception available. The only place you could go to was the family planning thing in Sting Street. And you could get condoms there. And uh, it unfortunately it didn't work for me. And three months later I was pregnant. So at six weeks of pregnancy I went to the hospital and asked for help. And they said that there was nothing they could do but they could admit me. I didn't what to mind my baby. And my little sister minded him for the few days that I had to go to Liverpool. So, I mean, it still kills me to think about it. It's, nothing, it's, it's just, it's unbearable to think about. It. And that should have all been looked after here at home in Ireland, in Dublin, with my own GP and my own hospital. But they weren't allowed. Um
17: But Cameron people listening might might say is it and it's an awful situation you went through, but is it the fact that you had to leave the country or the fact that you had an abortion that caused as causing you so much distress? Um, it's both.
18: Yeah. It it was a it was, um, it, it's really both. Um it happened to go away to
17: have it looked after with strangers and not being able to be looked after here at home. And did you have to travel on your own,
18: Carmel?
17: Yes. Mm-hmm. i was th- 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 only 20. Okay, well... Chloe well, d- 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 was 19 when she was faced with that dilemma, but what Chloe s- said earlier, on, if I can paraphrase, that if, if there's a yes vote in uh, eight, nine days' time, if there's a yes vote, this means there will be a culture in Ireland, it will be easier to actually make the choice. You won't have to travel, you won't have to go to strange accent, strange country, uh, extra money, a lot of extra money. And Chloe thinks a yes vote would hasten that culture and people might have abortions who otherwise, because of the difficulty and the challenges, would not have abortions. What do you think of that point?
18: The, on the fact that it's a very, very big decision that you have to make. Nobody wants to lose their baby. And uh, actually, five years later, I had a little, another baby, and a little baby girl, and she's the pride and joy of my life. Um, there's nothing like having little kids. Nothing like oh. this. They're beautiful, and. Uh, Nobody wants to go through that. It's a very, very difficult decision to make. and I wish people wouldn't trivialise like it and think that women make that decision willy-nilly. They don't.
17: Well, the phrase that was your... Chloe, you used the phrase earlier on, uh, a social abortion. What does that mean? Uh, I think my
3: proposal abortion would mean, like, to say a young girl got pregnant do not a night one night stand or a night out and because it's just acceptable should, and social thing now that she can just go and have an abortion and I completely feel for that woman that it's horrible there's nothing worse but I'm not saying that people are making this decision like I understand that myself I could never make that decision that's my choice and that's my opinion and I'm not saying that 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 woman was wrong or anything i like that never yeah. but I just feel if it's a festival in society that people won't think anything about it anymore and that it'll just be as simple as going to your doctor and being like, unfortunately I got pregnant, uh, can we just deal with that now? And I'm not saying that it'll be everyone, of course it won't be everyone, but as the new generations are coming up, that's how they're going to see it. Like.
17: Uh, Carmen, do you want to reply to that? that people, uh. people might...
18: Well, I, I don't know any, any woman that would go through that um, just for social reasons. I don't think there'd be very very many women who would do that. And I don't think if if you're so irresponsible to get to get yourself pregnant um, and not be taken. Um, Proper contraception.
17: If you want to be sexually active, if you're not taking proper contraception, I uh, that mean, that's wrong. I know that's wrong. But well, it, we had we had we had a woman on Friday, a nurse actually, and she was she was in fairness a registered nurse, but she said in the hospital she worked in in England, she claimed that uh, abortion was being used as a form of contraception.
3: But i'm trying to make it. and I, I really think that like i feel for this woman. i get where she's coming from but when when i hear that i'm like i know girls will say oh well i won't be able to afford a child or i can't go to school if i have a child but i may just go down and get an abortion that sounds terrible but that's the reality of it mm-hmm. i mm-hmm. am an only child that came from my both my mm-hmm. parents were. i could have made it a lot more mm-hmm. um, Easier for myself if I went and made that decision, but I was the one that got self-evident. Um, and what's the, I
17: between, well then, Chloe, what's the difference between. Well, then, Toby, what's the difference between you and those other women you say who you know of the same age as you who would use abortion as a form of contraception?
3: Well, what's the difference? Yeah. Um, I don't really know. In my opinion, I find myself just, I don't know, more mature or whatever. I, I, I don't know what would make it. Decision, well, yeah, I'm going to have an abortion, but as it becomes, it becomes into society, and how are we supposed to determine that that's not what's going to happen, and if that does happen in England? Uh, we've heard people say it, we've seen nurses, doctors all say that people come in and say oh they got pregnant because they didn't use contraceptives, it's this is basically the same thing mm-hmm. for them.
6: Uh,
17: Carmel, what do you think at that, point that people would use abortion as a form of <laughs> contraception?
18: Oh, well, I mean, what what can you do to prevent that? But people who really need help, whereas as in my position, it should be available in their own country.
3: Yeah.
17: Therese, raise to finish, you're listening to Chloe yeah. Courtney and Carmel.
3: Yeah, thank you. And can I just say that I um I I admire those women who are speaking. It must, I can hear the pain in the voices, That it must be extremely difficult. And what isn't being said is that the Protection of Life during Pregnancy Act did, has actually dealt with the risk to the life of a mother. So I, I find it hard to understand why that lady earlier with cancer couldn't have received treatment. It does say in that act that the risk to, to the life doesn't have to be imminent. So I think without actually speaking to a doctor, My it, life would be at risk. I said that I would have had to go through more aggressive chemo and more aggressive treatment, which I shouldn't have had to go through. I understand that my life would have been at risk because I was lucky you can use that word to help the cancer related. Oh, apologies, I, I picked your brand then, but because it's an argument that's been used so often, is that women with cancer can't get treatment when, when they can because abortions have been performed. What you heard, uh, it, 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 uh, you heard the time sequence um, that, 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 that,
17: um, that Courtney went through there. The time, I anyway, we won't put you in the time sequence there, but but it hasn't risen in another case.
3: Uh, but it's the balancing, yeah. Joe, it's the balancing of the rights of the of the woman and the baby. And what we've been presented with is a very open-ended abortion regime. And it, it doesn't just stop at the 12 weeks. There's vague health grounds after up to six months and up to... Well, they're,
17: well, they're already there under the 213 Act. It's three, three psychiatrists that are on a You have to be vetted, vetted and given the... Um, Given the, the three psychiatrists at different times have to assess your mental health and have to be in agreement that you you would you would be at risk of suicide. But what's
3: coming in, what's being proposed, and it's only their starting position. It's going to be much more liberal than that. And I think even the fact that my experience. Of, being, of getting that advice to screen in case I wanted to travel. That goes beyond the traveling. Yeah, but I still come
17: back, really back to that point, and I wasn't there, and I see so you've named the hospital. But the in hospital fairness. I've made official
3: complaint about the obstetrician because I don't think
17: they should be allowed to put that. Yeah, but, but could the obstetrician have said, well, I said if you, you may want to travel, but the, 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 the implicit in that question is you may not want to travel. So it was barbaric. It
3: was the only right. option that I was presented with. The only option. But you didn't no, do it, no, That's I, the I, thing. And I, I take
17: that point and I wasn't there for a conversation, I know it yeah. sounds like I'm nit, nitpicking here but like you, you say it was the only option you, you were given, but you didn't you didn't take it.
6: No
3: I didn't. Okay, I, so it wasn't the only I, option. Well it, it wasn't the only option, it was the only thing that she said about the possibility that my baby could have a disability was you might want to travel. You know, yeah, so, yeah. My, my GP had a very different
17: he encouraged me at my age, so baby, there was no mention okay. of, okay. of okay. anything. Okay, thanks indeed Therese Deegan, thanks Carol. thanks for Jordan, Chloe, Chloe McGlinchey, Joe at rt.ie. You know, the, the Dublin hospitals, people who are diagnosed with that syndrome,
6: but what will happen, I believe, is that once the 12 weeks comes in, with the
19: screening tests that are now better than 9 weeks, people will go directly in health terminations.
17: And how would how would a yes how would a how would a yes vote on Friday week change that? They it's happening at the moment. You say fifty. Well, the figures are fifty percent, fifty six percent, and they on the to, to take take the vote to use that old phrase um, when when these tests and there are arguments about the twelve weeks and when when you can be absolutely sure. Um, and yeah. also when you can be sure it has to have be been a false negative as well. Yeah, um, that, that, that's correct. I'm no, just going just to say something how, about how, how would yeah. How would have... Th- 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 there would be no change to that if the vote is no on Friday week. Isn't that correct? Because you well, well, say it's happening on. at the moment.
19: It, well it's happening at the moment but it would certainly increase and we'd, we'd hit the figures that they have for instance in Iceland and the UK 90% of the people diagnosed uh, have abortions that with Down house. have abortions. Given,
17: given what you know Mike, about those figures, yes. um, would, you, would you stop women travelling to
19: England? Well I mean, uh, would well, well, they have the right to travel? Uh, President Joe, yeah. like, the, the, that's a constitutional right and nobody's talking about changing that uh-huh. I think the hospitals for instance could do it a lot more I think the whole Down syndrome community needs help and support and resources not elimination which is what will happen and try to so just make one point on the screening test what's happening in the UK and in the USA is that people are now going directly after a positive screening they're not waiting for the definitive diagnosis three weeks later and, and that, that will happen here as well yeah, Brandon is on the line. Brandon's in goal. Brandon, your point, please.
20: Uh, well, it's my story more than I at the mm-hmm. end of the show. Um, it was basically 30 years ago, almost, uh, we were having our third child, we were living abroad, mm-hmm. and um, my wife uh, started to grow very quickly, and we in for a scan to discover where insist, which was up the next day, and uh, the decision was, uh, I give it to us straight away, if it's cancerous, what do you do? And uh, if it's not, your pathetic then you have to make the decision. So for 20 minutes, sat outside uh, the hospital, they, they, they,
6: the surgery room, or the surgery, uh, while my wife's been operated on, this thing came out the size of a football and bigger. And uh, thanks to all the stars
20: and all the rest, it wasn't cancerous. But if it was, it would have been my decision to, what is now nearly a 30-year-old son living abroad,
6: happy out with him, grand character, and uh, I've had to kill him. And uh, to this day, I still think in this
20: And to this day, my decision would be I'd wife with two kids. I couldn't risk uh, le- leaving the baby there with full cancer and waiting and all that sort of stuff. We would have had we to go into instead of going to a pregnancy, we'd have to go into a cancer defeating mode. So I would have killed my son. But, uh, but, but. but uh, I would still do it to this day and be haunted by it. I just thought I'd just throw that into the that there is these situations that occur,
17: and so, so if, if I first ask you, are you voting yes or no? I would vote yes. I, I,
20: it would be it would be horrendous. The whole situation for me was horrendous, um, but not as horrendous as if I had to kill him. I would get the decision to kill him, but uh, I would vote yes. Okay. I think it's wrong that we have something in a constitution that stops that situation. And um, the surgeons couldn't afford to go back in. The next day, the day after that, we made a decision for fear of infection, for fear of all sorts of things, for the worst cancers. So that was the live situation. Okay, okay. And we've, as I say, I have a son that I am stone mad about, and he's yeah. one of three kids, and mad about the three kids, and they're all grown up happy, and all the
17: rest. But, but you're, as you say, when you're walking up and down outside, and your you know, wife yeah. yeah. and uh, your yeah. <laughs> Okay, Brendan, Brenda, thanks indeed. Emer, do you, do you want to address the point that Michael O'Dowd is making that 12 weeks means that with the, the various tests now and screenings that uh, dis- uh, unborn children with disabilities will be aborted in greater numbers?
3: I think it's important to remember that Down Syndrome Ireland have asked that we don't bring Down Syndrome into this discussion. But since it has been brought up, yes, we do have screening tests available, and some women available that. Rona Mahoney came out last week and said that. Mm-hmm. But I don't believe that a vote yes is going to change our Irish culture. We are very different cultured to Iceland and Denmark, which are traditionally the countries that are being cited in these statistics. We are extremely different in our culture and in our values. This is happening already. There is not going to be an influx of women who suddenly decide that this is the right choice for them just because a time I have disabilities. And I may also point out that in the proposed legislation that disability is going to be outright breaking the law as a ground for abortion.
17: And what do you think of that, Michael, that disability after 12
19: weeks? Yeah. Well, after 12 weeks, actually disability is not outlawed. Uh, it, there is no specific question asked in relation to disability after twelve weeks. In relation yeah. to Down Syndrome Ireland, in relation and to Down Ireland, Ireland,
17: Ireland, Ireland. Ireland, after after twelve weeks, it, it has to be fatal, the fatal abnormality.
19: But,
6: uh, well, no,
19: but but uh, yeah, but that itself is a fatal anomaly. Is a disability
15: itself, and the but it's uh, not fatal. Really, uh, sorry, it's not fatal. No, but.
19: But, but let's be clear, yeah, Joe, yeah, but that's what the, the current proposals are. But anyway, get, get, okay, get, do, you do, you do you committee? the you committee on the rights of people with disability? Said, states that they committee overseeing that states uh, that that abortion on the basis of a fatal anomaly, even if it's life threatening, is considered uh, a, 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 a abortion on the basis of disability and is against that particular convention.
6: Okay, but
17: well were you, yeah, but that, that's not the language that's been used or uh, was proposed by the, the committee, the all party committee. But anyway, Michael, sorry, you, you made a point there about Down syndrome. Down syndrome,
19: yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm a member of that organisation. The uh, CEO didn't consult with the members part that, of that, that statement, and a considerable number of members would disagree with what he said. Okay. But there is, and I accept totally that there's, there's a variety of views within that organisation, but certainly the idea of keeping the people with Down syndrome off our pages, that's a real throwback 1950s, 60s, where people with disabilities were locked up and not
17: seen or heard. We moved on to this then, thankfully. Well, it's at that, that aimerous point that we live in a very different society, both to the Ireland of 50 years ago and also to other countries.
19: Well, absolutely, but what happens is that when you bring in uh, abortion, uh, you know, up to 12 weeks, without any limits, it then becomes uh, accepted over time, our culture will change. And, you know, I really am concerned that we're going to
17: sleepwalk into an island okay. that won't have people with, with diabetes. Okay, I need to take a break. My little daddy, my daddy, thank you for one. Talk to Joe on 1815 715
7: 815. He's ready to leave this
9: system if there is a yes vote. Do you want to start us off on that? We'll
8: get a microphone to you. Go ahead. Yes, um, my name is Mark Murphy. I'm a GP and a medical spokesperson for Together for Yes. We are, on Saturday, on, 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 on Saturday, there are about eight GPs here, and some I, I identify as pro-life, and they're excellent GPs. I have huge respect for them. And many here are, are respect a yes vote
6: on the 25th of May. On Saturday, over 1,300
8: doctors together the overwhelming majority of every specialty in every county and village and specialty in Ireland advocated a yes vote. It's not to say that there are not pro-life doctors. What we're saying, what we're saying is that when I see a woman tomorrow in my practice and the door closes in that consultation room, and she's in the most difficult and tragic and 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 heavy circumstances in her life, I have to empathise and put myself in her shoes. So I guess the question I would would have for the no side would be in that situation, should I impose my morality on that lady? GPs up and down the country understand that women are making difficult decisions that are very complex and personal to them. They are taking abortion pills and three women today took an abortion pill. So as a GP, and there are hundreds of us, hundreds of us up and down the country. We're saying that's not good enough. We have to take a responsibility. Okay. I respect my pro-life colleagues' choice not to get involved, can we hear but from, I want to get involved, and I will prescribe oh. that pill.
9: Can we hear from a GP who is not in favour of repeal? Yes, woman in the, in the red jacket, are you a GP? I'm a GP. Okay. Case, um, I respect Mark's position as well. I will be voting no,
4: um, because the one thing that I. Don't think Mark mentioned was the fact that there are two patients involved in a pregnant woman. There are two
9: patients, and I have responsibility for both. And I cannot prescribe, and I cannot refer, and I will not. I did. Okay. Yes. Okay. Gentleman you. 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 you, My name is Brady a GP in Cork. Um, I think. Just when I've looked at the, the terms of bill, like many people here have
21: tonight, and I think in practical terms, what it means is as a GP, uh, I'm being forced to administer a pill to end the life yeah. of one of my patients. Okay. And in under hit 15. Can
9: I put 15, it to you that there, is, there, there, there is provision in there for conscientious objection? Like in in,
21: in, in hit 15 of that same bill, once it says that I can abstain from actually participating in the abortion itself. I am legally obliged to refer on to a colleague. So what that means, in essence, in practical terms, is that I have to pass on to a colleague who will end the life of one of my patients, and that is not acceptable. That's not healthcare. So how will
9: you deal with this then? Are you saying, are you saying that
21: you will not refer? But, uh, under the current proposals, we're, 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 obli- we're being obliged to refer, but I and a huge number of colleagues will not refer. <laughs> We we'll come to the
10: question of conscientious uh, objection. Uh, I think it's very important to uh, recognize what's happening in other countries. In three countries already, in, in Sweden, Denmark and uh, Iceland, conscientious objection for doctors and midwives and GPs who've been ab- who who do not want to get involved with abortion is not allowed. It is under serious attack in the UK, Baroness alone has a, and a bill in the House of Lords trying to prevent, uh, trying to preserve conscientious objection, but conscientious objection will be abolished, I'm sure, in the future. I want to come back to our GPs, could I just come in briefly
12: on that? I was surprised when the Iraqis Committee proposed um, abortion up to 12 weeks for no reason at all um, in a GP-led service because they never contacted the GPs or asked them their opinion beforehand. That was really shocking for me. And on top of that, 40% of all abortions in the UK at the moment are surgical And at 12 weeks, 84% of all abortions are surgical. So where is the capacity? This is not only about abortion pills. In the UK at the moment, 84% of all abortions at 12 weeks are surgical. They're facts, again, from from the NHS. Okay. Can
9: I just hear from uh, GPs who felt they were not consulted on this? Who felt you were not? GPs who felt you were not consulted? Yes, the lady with the hand raised there. Go ahead my name is dr christian fuller i'm a gp in south Tipperary. i've worked in britain so i know exactly what the system
4: is there and i know the reality of abortion there and i know that if people looked at what abortion does and if they looked at what happens to the unborn child in an abortion they would all both know it is horrific what dr Coley said is absolutely true in uh, the heads of bill we are legally obliged to refer to a doctor who will end the life of one of our patients and that's not conscientious objection.
9: Okay. <laughs> are, you, are you a GP? Okay, go ahead. I'm a GP. From Dublin. I've been a GP for 25 years. I've also worked in the UK, but I really,
13: do, I feel that I cannot provide care for my patients within the context of the Eighth. I see, I've seen, I've had so many consultations with women who've had been really distressed with crisis pregnancies, and. I don't see them again because I know they've gone to England. They don't, they they feel frightened to tell us. And I feel ashamed
22: to be working in a healthcare system that turns our back on vulnerable people when they really need our
9: help. Well, what do our GPs, do you want to come back in on that? That, that, you know, this GP tells us that she feels she can't help her patients who are in a crisis pregnancy.
21: So, there's there's two underlying principles, basic underlying principles of of care. The first of which is to do no intentional harm. And straight off, when, when we're ending the life of a child, we're violating that first basic principle. The second of which is to practice evidence-based medicine. Now, show me the evidence. Show me the evidence in the world worldwide literature that shows that the de- abortion has a positive effect on a mother's health.
8: You're right. We do have to practice evidence-based principles. And the World Health Organization has implored Ireland to stop unsafe abortion, stop harming, distressing and damaging our women, causing medical and legal chaos for 35 years. That is the medical evidence. And as a doctor, as a doctor just to talk about doing a little the Eighth Amendment has been so uniquely... Damaging and distressing. Listen, listen. No, with, no, with respect. With respect. Listen, listen to the testimony of of the hard cases. Yes. Listen to the terminations for medical reasons. It is, it is horrendous that they have to speak out and talk about the trauma that that's caused. All right. Yeah. That, uh, it cause is it is close to right, right beside you. Yeah. Right
9: beside you. Um, I, my name is Fiona O'Han and I'm a GP in Cabin. Um. I worked in, in Britain as well and as a GP and I saw the devastating consequences of what was a well-intended law. The slogan for the abortion law in Britain was every child want a child. We've seen that's not the case. Um, by repealing the Eighth Amendment, we are actually creating a law that is more permissive than Britain's, allowing for healthy babies of healthy mothers to be aborted up to three months for any reason. I've seen women and men broken by abortion where they've been forced into abortion and we are in fact enabling an oppressive okay. regime because women are forced to abort their baby okay. girl, and or baby girl in culture where that is is, is expected of her. Okay. Um, I'd really like to know what um Orin O'Connor thinks of that okay. but,
12: I mean, one is, I think it's really important that people at home hear the devastating consequences that the 8th is causing to couples, that's causing to women all over Ireland. There are people in the audience tonight, people in the audience from Termination for Medical Reasons, yeah. who have been incredibly brave and courageous and are going around the country telling their stories and telling the damage that And it's really important because we need to bring this discussion back into the reality the reality of the harm that the eighth is doing to women's and to couples' lives.
9: And the only way we stop that harm is by removing the eighth. All right. Mm -hmm. I'm going to come over. There's a woman over here in an orange jacket. I know you've been really wanting to. Can you just make a short point if you don't mind?
6: Oh no no sorry, sorry, not you,
9: not you, oh, sorry, orange. there are two orange jackets, it's the lady. Uh, with the sorry, mark. my point is for Dr. Peter Boylan. Um he said on the Late Late show a couple of weeks ago that a twelve-week-old fetus, I would say baby, twelve-week-old baby are not are not fully formed. I had a miscarriage at 14 weeks and I held my little child, size of my hand. She was smiling and had her hand under her chin. So she was fully formed, enjoying her life, Doctor. I know you as an obstetrician would know that. And I would like to know how you expect the people of Ireland to vote to kill these beautiful little people who are no different to me or you, only their size. And where you propose, we throw the little bodies of those beautiful people. Oh. Okay, okay. All right. I'm going to take the first part of that question. I'm not going to ask the doctor to address the last part of that question, if that's okay. Is a fetus. Actually. What yeah. happens to the children afterwards? Okay. Is a fetus fully formed at 12 weeks?
2: No. That's a simple answer. The idea. The, 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 hang on. Let, look, would you like, let, right. let me answer Can you just, the, just the allow idea. him to answer
9: the question? Yeah. Yeah. No. The
2: idea, no, that, answer the, question. the idea that a fetus at 12 weeks gestation and pregnancy, which is 10 weeks from the time of conception, is fully formed is medically incorrect. Mm-hmm. There is a huge amount of development that has to take place which is not completed until term when the baby is born. And even after birth, there are very complex... Uh, events that occur when blood vessels open up to the lungs and blood vessels from the heart close off so that the baby can survive. Okay. I'm going
9: going to ask John Monaghan to answer your question as well. And I think that's fair. No, 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 I'm sorry. You're going to have to wait now because I'm going to ask the other obstetrician
10: to answer answer that question too. Yes, I brought this for you, Peter, actually. Uh, It says, by the end of the third month, your baby is fully formed. All the organs and extremities are present and will continue to mature in order to become functional. The circulatory the circulatory and urinary systems are working and the liver produces bile. There's nothing new after 12 weeks, Peter. It is fully formed. If you don't know that, maybe you need to go back to school. Because...
9: we we'll just bring it down a level because we really do Sorry. want this to be a respectful debate no I think I, in fairness I think you've, there are lots of people who want to speak tonight and you've, you've had a good chance to make your point I want to come to the very front row here because two people have had their hands raised since we started tonight we have a no voter and a yes voter. So let's no, begin with, no, begin with no. yourself. No, 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 we have a, somebody wearing, wearing a repeal top here and a no. Okay, so we'll start with you. You're wearing a no badge. Go ahead. Um, so your stage, sorry, sta- sorry I, I actually meant the lady in black, but I'll come back to
4: you. Go ahead. Okay, thanks, there. Uh, slightly different tone of question. Um, in the mid-70s in the US, Roe versus Wade, um, a liberal type of abortion legislation came in. In the 1960s in the UK abortion similar to the kind of abortion legislation that we're being offered is 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 promised here since those times there have been enormous movements in both of those jurisdictions and right across the us to roll it back why does the panel the yes panel think that it's going to be different in Ireland, that we're going to legislate and we're going to have liberal abortion here and everyone's going to be fine with it. And it's not going to be like it's been in the United States right. since the 1970s and in the UK since the
13: okay, 1960s. Answer that for me. I, I, think, I think you make a very fair point to this extent that there is it's not as though we're going to finish this debate and that we're all going to agree on this matter. This is classically a deeply, deeply emotive, and let's be honest, a divisive issue across societies. So you're right. I don't think the debate on this ends on the 25th of okay. May or well, when, but, but let me really say this, because we're running out of time. The, the reason why, but the reason why we need to remove the Eighth uh, Amendment and we need to legislate is because we need to learn from decades of experience. We need to cater for our people, including the hard cases that you uh, disregard. And we need to listen. We need to listen to our population who say, over thirty years ago, the Eighth Amendment was considered a oh, mechanism Mary, for stopping abortion. Okay, very. By any measure, it failed. There. It failed in that.
9: So the girl that beside regard. you uh, in the black top, I I, 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 know you've had your hand raised since the start. So can you just make a brief point? Yeah, no. Um, I just uh, keep hearing the No campaign saying that uh, they don't want to. They want people
22: to stop talking about the hard cases. But why? They're a reality. And also, uh, use using the language of on demand. Do you really think people are going to be having de- abortions on demand? We're not a skybox.
12: We're people. We're people, and we make decisions. And nobody makes a decision like that lightly.
9: And it's really. What is okay. beside you? Is just, you're, you're shaking your head. Why?
4: Because this is what is, is always said, you know, that it's not going to happen, it's not, they're not going to be high numbers. Every jurisdiction that has legislated, it's impossible to put a lid on it. It has not. In every single jurisdiction,
8: as has in yeah, the kind of yeah.
6: legislation yeah, they're, they're that we're every, trying, that the government is trying to
4: bring in here, there have been increases. jurisdiction. Right. okay, where quickly, I'll be as
12: quick as, Dr. Byland called the Eighth Amendment a failed experiment. There's a young man in the audience called Gavin Boy- Boyne, who I would not agree with him, and Claire, I think you should hear him for 30 seconds.
2: Can I just ask? All right, okay. All right. Can we
9: can't have you in the debate, Mary. No, no I'm, I'm not sorry. trying we to run the amendment But calling call
12: the Eighth, okay. amendment, um, call the, the Eighth okay. amendment a failed experiment when um, there are many people in our all audience right. who were it, born
6: because of the, the Eighth Amendment. Do you know what I incredibly
2: In every jurisdiction where illegal abortion has been legalised, the numbers have come down with the passage of that. law. All
9: right, all right tonight. However, in the privacy of the voting booth next week, it'll be your opinion alone that counts. You'll be marking that X on your paper, or she, a political correspondent Katie Hannon is here to talk us through that ballot slip that you will uh, see in the ballot box. Hi Katie, what exactly is going to be on that ballot paper on the 25th? Okay, when you get handed that ballot paper,
4: there will be one question on it. Uh, it's, it that question will be, do you approve of the proposal to amend the Constitution contained in the undermentioned bill? And that undermentioned bill, as it says there on the screen, is the 36th Amendment of the Constitution Bill 2018. And that's all there will be. There will be nothing on that ballot paper about abortion or about 12-week limits or the right to life or anything of that line. You will just be asked if you approve this amendment. And what this, the 36th Amendment, would do is it would delete the existing Article 40.33. That's the one that guarantees the equal right to life of the mother and the unborn, and it would replace it with a single line, that is, provision may be made by law for the regulation of termination of pregnancy. And if you agree with that change, you mark the X, the yes uh, box, and if you disagree, you mark no. So what
9: does marking the yes box mean in essence, and, mar- and, and similarly, what does the no mean? Okay, so if you vote yes, it means that you agree with removing the
4: right to life from the constitution. Um, and you will agree with allowing the to pass laws regulating the termination of pregnancy. And if you uh, vote no, it means you want to leave the constitutional protection of the unborn in place, and that means the termination of pregnancy would only be permitted where there is a real and substantial risk to the life of the mother, including risk of suicide. Okay, so let's look
9: at the two scenarios then. If a yes vote happens, what happens legally? Well, if a yes vote happens,
4: then we're in a situation where the Oireachtas is then allowed to legislate for the termination of pregnancy. And you've been discussing here tonight what is proposed by the government in relation to this. This is the Regulation of Termination of Pregnancy Bill 2018. Now, that is, as of now, just a proposal that will have to, if there is a yes vote, a majority yes vote, that will have to go through the door. It'll have to pass through committee report stages, all the usual legislative uh, stages. If it is approved by the law, it then goes to the President. If the President sees no constitutional issues with it and signs it, then the Constitution is amended with the 36th
9: Amendment. Okay, and if
4: it is a no vote and if that is carried, what happens? Well, then the situation remains unchanged. We uh, Article 40.33 remains in place and the Protection of Life and Pregnancy Act, which we introduced in 2013, that remains the law. And all those constitutional provisions for freedom to travel and information all remain
9: in place. Okay, now, in the event of a yes vote, is it possible then that uh, the legislation that we've been talking about tonight could be changed and amended as it makes its way through the Oireachtas process? Yes, uh, any legislation uh, can, of
4: course, attract amendments, they can be accepted by the government, but I think the political view is that given that... This, these, this proposal was put to the people before they went out to vote in the referendum um, that it would be unlikely that there would be any radical changes to the key elements of that legislation uh, when it comes to the when it goes through the Eurotus.
9: Okay, and the polls are open from when to when? The polls open at 7am and uh, they close at 10pm. Okay, Katie Hannah, thank you very much. Katie Hannah, ladies and gentlemen. I wanted to come in there, and I know I was going over to Katie because I thought it was important to explain to people what is on the ballot paper. Is there anything you heard in the last few minutes of our discussion that you wanted to pick
16: up on? Well, actually, just to to pick up on what Katie has said, I think it's really important. We have a number of legislators here tonight, but on the 25th of May, every Irish person with a vote becomes a lawmaker. And what we're being asked is whether we want to remove the only right that the child in the womb has from the Constitution and leave it to politicians to decide... What kind of rights, if any, will they have? We have Mary Lou, we have um, Breed, Aon, and I know Catherine Noon sitting in the audience. We know what they think about it. They want, they support the the government's bill for unrestricted abortion for the first 12 weeks, for abortion on mental health grounds uh, up to six months, and after that, abortion up to birth. Where there is a likelihood the baby might die, or in an emergency no. situation, no. there are no gestational limits, Mary Lou, and you know that if you've read the bill. That you know is.
22: That. If I think that's the most
16: malicious presentation could finish, I have heard if I could finish, of that framework legislation. I don't legislation. you of bad will. I know
13: I'm, I'm accused of. And I do take very, very manipulation seriously an
16: I point like I think it. it's important that, and, and we have not. You have not admitted, although you have, in essence, you haven't denied that you're not against abortion on demand. And I think Sinn Féin voters need to know that about you, There, What (laughs) I I,
13: I absolutely favour, and not alone do Sinn Féin voters know this, everybody knows my position on this. I, I support legislation that caters for very difficult circumstances, real, lived experiences that we all know about. I favour the removal of the Eighth Amendment to ensure that we don't again have to throw our hands in the air and say, how did this happen? How did this awfulness visit no, this family the uh, or that? And, and can baby. I say, just for the, I am also, by the way, I'm pro-life. I'm a mother of two children. I am the mother of two children.
16: And <laughs> but, and but, can you I say, but you never, can, can I say, baby. can, can you I say mention me. how, as a mother, you felt your child kicking inside you and what that meant We're to you? Free. And, and, and the women of Ireland deserve to know that women who are brought to abortion clinics okay. and the screen is turned away from them, so they don't see their own baby on the screen. Right. Because like me, they might fall in love with the image that they see. Sorry, can I say, just uh, so really quick, I want to get very
13: close yes. Can I say that that was your experience, and I have my experience of pregnancy and becoming a mother. And I'm very aware that we have people in this audience and watching this television programme who didn't have that saying happy uh, scenario as I had, thankfully, and who are left in the most incredibly agonising circumstances. And the message sorry Marie, the message here in law and in medical practice was to say to them, there's no room for you here at this inn, That's go elsewhere. That's fine. Fine. No, you're you're
12: fine. 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 I just want to make one point because as we know there's a lot of people watching in here tonight and they're looking for some kind of clarity on the situation. And I would just like I would just like to ask the yes side, why on all the posters all over the country the word abortion does not appear anywhere. Okay. All right.
9: That is all we have time for tonight. As the referendum commission has said, the constitution is important. It's the fundamental law of the state. It's your constitution. Only you have the power to change it. Now how you vote is for you to decide. If you don't vote other people will make the decision. A very special thank you to all of our panelists and indeed our audience contributors tonight. Thank you very much at home for watching. Stay tuned to RT Television and radio programmes for further coverage of the referendum.
7: In the world. Good night. Uh, to be able to cater for uh, those uh, that will seek termination of pregnancy in Ireland, I don't think that it's going to be the same level of surgical intervention that you say. The understanding that that, that I have uh, is that much of the terminations will take place in the first 12 weeks, and therefore. Uh, it will be medical rather than surgical. Uh, I think I've seen an estimate somewhere, but I'm not an expert. There's doctors here who, 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 will, who will correct me if I'm wrong, that it's about two per ch- GP per per week. I think is. is Dr. Is, is,
16: is Peter this, McKenna, uh, former master of would, the Rotunda, would, would, would might said it would be, be 40%. Helpful. I think that's a slightly conservative estimate, but I wouldn't quibble with yeah, him and, and over and it. And that may be and the he's, case. He's the
7: former master of the, rotu- of the Rotunda, oh, yeah. okay. he's also a HSC okay. director. So, so the, rea- the reality is then uh, that surgical. the. the two facilities of the HSE will have to meet uh, that, that requirement. I OK, no, this isn't
23: ready for it anyway, or willing, yeah, just, just to let you know that Well, right, right. oh, There is a
7: conscientious one. objection, I just think this is important because that was part of the question. Of course any doctor or nurse or any health professional that has a conscientious objection to the performance of the termination of a pregnancy will not be expected in any shape have or form. Have you read it? No have different. Have you read Simon oh, Harris's oh, Act? Oh, 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 I have. Have you read I it? Have, I, have, I have it here, it's head 15 actually. OK. What, you... what I mean, it's there and it's there The same as the law that came in in 2013, the Protection of Life in Pregnancy Bill, also provides for uh, conscientious uh, objection. OK, on your side, Mary Higgins, I, want to make quick. I
22: am one of many on. obstetricians in active practice who are supporting the refer- that we repeal the 8th because it affects our care. It affects our care to be able to give to the health of the woman, to the life of the woman. I'm one of 1,300 doctors as of last weekend who said it makes a difference to our care for women. We are ready and we have advocated for that.
23: OK, Andrew, Cathy, and- uh, Timmy, you have it in front of you. You said head head fifteen. Yep. section three. Mm-hmm. Um, that if a doctor has a conscientious objection, he must make such arrangements for the transfer of care of the pregnant woman concerned as may be necessary to enable the woman to avail of the termination of pregnancy concerned. So, yes. therefore, Timmy, can I, if read we don't can I just say the
24: whole point of this it. last section, please, uh, is that we would get some audience uh, contributions. Jenny O'Connell, please. Hi,
5: my name is Jenny, and I'm the mum of two beautiful daughters. We live in East Galway. In today's newspaper, the Irish Times, we read the harrowing, anonymous story of an Irish woman who was forced to travel to the UK for the care that she needed. She was refused this care by her hospital here because her baby still had a heartbeat, even though it had no chance of survival. She was actually one of the first cases who presented under the Protection of Life During Pregnancy Act, which had been introduced nine days earlier. She presented with symptoms of septicemia, and her life was in danger. Her Irish hospital didn't want to be the first to do a termination, so instead they recommended Liverpool, the Merseyside Women's Hospital, which looks after our Irish women. We were called into a room to be examined by our British consultant who we had never met before. He put the jelly on my stomach for the scan. He was pretty angry when he examined me. He turned and said, your waters are completely gone. How have the Irish sent you over to us in this state? I'll let you digest that for a second. This is the reality of the Eighth Amendment and it is, until it's removed, this is the result
24: of our country looking after our women. Thank you, Jenny. The point being there, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, Marie-Esteen, cases of septicemia and so on, the threat to the life or the health of the mother.
16: Let me be very, very clear about this, uh, Ivan, and I will quote Miss Justice Isabel Kennedy, who is the chair of Refcom at the moment, and she has clarified that doctors are perfectly entitled uh, and I think duty-bound to intervene where there is a danger to the life of the woman, where there's a risk to the life of the woman. That is clear and clear and settled law. It has been the case since the Eighth Amendment came in, where, it, where the words as far as practicable are, are in the Constitution, and confirmed in the X case in 92, and again in the 2013 uh, legislation. And anybody who says that a doctor
22: may not intervene where there is a risk to a woman's life is not telling the truth. Mary Higgins. My reality in looking after these women is that we have to wait until they are deadly sick they are, they, are, they are I would be, Maria, this is my I would be very worried they, if I were your patient this is my job I would be very worried if I were your patient Mary they very worried indeed I'm, I'm very sorry to hear that mm. I look after women whose waters have gone I have to wait yeah, until you know, they you know, have you know, a temperature I have to wait That's until that off. is a real quite? substantial risk to the life of the woman no. it, I have that act it in my life we had a lady who, was, uh, who met the criteria for real and substantial risk one of my colleagues went to one of the midwives and said this is what we need to do it was the first time that midwife had had to deal with it she said give me 30 minutes to get my head around this and in that 30 moments. She came back and the woman was grey and the midwife
24: said, I've put this woman
1: into danger by trying to wait. I need to go back to Why the Why did she jo- want to jo- wait? Joe Bruin, please. Right. Joe Bruin. Yeah, thanks, negligence. Simon. Yes, uh, this was referred to earlier by Declan. I'm um, holding in my hand is a signed statement which was released to the media last week from two former chairmen of referendum commissions as well as former High Court judges, Judge Earl O'Neill and Judge Brian McMahon who had categorically stated that the government's proposed legislation will allow for the targeted abortion of babies up to the viability. That's 24 weeks gestation under the guise of vague mental health reasons. Both judges have stated that this legislation is identical, if not more liberal, than the UK abortion regime. That's two former referendum commission chairmen uh, why is this government and all the hardline proponents of repeal misleading the public on this essential information and avoiding answering que- any questions about it Gilmore I- yes okay I- I- we have your question, right, question is basically the I... no, no it's, it's, it's not easy. no my question is actually to Timmy Dooley all oh, right Timmy's here and uh, he's here as a potential legislator should the okay. 8th be repealed how comfortable is he discussing the medical procedures needed to abort a fully formed perfect 23 week old baby I might uh, direct him over to his panellist uh, Mary Higgins who could potentially explain the full procedure to okay. him. Okay, okay, Timmy. <laughs> no, just
24: yeah, please. Well, please,
7: please, please. No, that, that, that's okay, thanks, thanks for the question. Um, I, I recall being in the Dáil in 2013 when the Protection of Life and Pregnancy Bill uh, was put, put through the Dáil as a result of a Supreme Court uh, case previously, and it was said by those who objected to that bill going through that once you introduce the notion of mental health or the threat of suicide. Uh, that women couldn't be trusted uh, and that the reality was uh, they would file for and seek a termination of a pregnancy right up to birth uh, sorry, I'll finish, I'll I'll answer the question please, Um, right up to birth and they will do so on the grounds that they're suicidal because you can't prove suicidal ideation. The floodgates would be opened was what the inference was it hasn't happened And I expect that it won't happen here.
24: Okay. now I am actually on a backstop, not for Brexit, but for time here. Can I take a quick comment, please, from Jenny Owen Thomas and Fidel Fidel Mahili Eames. Just a quick comment, please. Don't don't read out an essay. Just a quick comment. You're here. We welcome your views.
13: Um, So as we've heard already in Ireland every day, at at least three women are taking um, an abortion pill in secrecy in their own homes. They're doing so terrified, uh, with no supervision or support whatsoever. are also terrified due to the prospect of a 14-year jail sentence. The majority of these women who take the abortion pill are, like myself, a a mother. Um, These pills, they're a reality that isn't going away. As a mother, I fear that these pills are too easily accessed on the internet. The practice is unsafe and unregulated. I want to ask Andrew, how do you propose that we deal with this? All
24: right, well, we are going to allow a final minute from each of the nominated sides. And Fidelma, your comment, please.
22: Thank you very much, Ivan. Ivan, a group of lawyers and former High Court judges, about 200, almost 200, have pointed out that it was open to our government to amend the Constitution to address difficult cases, instead of asking the people of Ireland to repeal the right to life of all unborn children. The difficult cases concerning many voters are rape and babies with life limiting conditions. Why and if I could ask Maria this question why in your view is the government using these very difficult cases to manipulate people and make them feel guilty into voting for abortion in all cases?
24: Thank you Fidelman. I thank you for your brevity. All right, You've been very good all day. We are actually over time already. What I'm going to do is allow one minute to each side, the spokesman of each side, just to summarise their arguments. We've had a lot of uh, structured debate. Uh, Grainne Gilmore, please just make a concluding argument in a minute.
3: There was a very important moment that happened yesterday which is that two former attorneys general and a former Supreme Court judge came out and to bust the mo- bogus arguments made by the no side about fatal fetal abnormalities and rape and they've called for repeal of the Eighth Amendment. This is the only way, repeal and voting yes is the only way that we can deal with these cases. And in addition to that, Michael MacDool, who is a former Attorney General, he specifically warned of the risk of prosecutions in relation to the thousands of women taking abortion pills in this country. This is more dangerous now than it was in 1983. The need could never be more acute to repeal the Eighth Amendment and to vote yes on the 25th of
24: Uh, And on this occasion, I'm going to give the final summation uh, to Dr. Andrew O'Regan, who's arguing for a no vote.
23: I'm a GP... Um, We we work with compassion, always. We must support these women and not legalise abortion. You'll never find compassion in the chemicals or the instruments of the abortionists. They say trust... Never trust a doctor with the power to do intentionally end in the life. We don't want that kind of trust. Healthcare, what kind of healthcare ends up in a dead baby? That's not healthcare. A baby at 12 weeks is one of us. Google it at home if you don't believe me. Unrestricted abortion on demand, it's life and death. That's what we're going to be asked to vote on on Friday. I have pro choice friends.
24: They'll all be voting no because this is too extreme. My thanks. My, my thanks to the entire panel, Declan Ganley, Maria Steen, Andrew O'Regan, Timmy Dooley, Mary Higgins, and Gronie Gilmore, and my especial thanks to you, the audience, for being so respectful and the orderly nature of the debate. Thank you one and all.
0: Right, that's another in a series of extracts, admittedly chosen totally at random. I just turned on the radio in my car, found that going on, and decided to record it and share it. Every day now, every day now, there is stuff on Irish radio and on Irish television, and I presume in Irish newspapers, about the referendum campaign. And thank goodness there is. The more discussion, the more debate about this we have now, the better. Because even if no, even if the the referendum passes and the eighth clause, the eighth amendment in our constitution is stricken out, then another process has to go through, which is that the government has to introduce legislation into the Irish Parliament and the Irish, both Houses of the Irish Parliament have to vote on it. So this referendum is not going to finalise the arrangements that will prevail in Ireland in future. Thank you very much, and I hope you find this interesting.
25: John talking to Philip
4: about your Hayes and Philip. We'll have another story later in the week here on Drive Plan. Back with sport after this.